Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us something a little different. These ladies joining us today will be anonymous. They are the brilliant minds behind the You Can Tell Me podcast, a podcast all about heartbreak and healing, and that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Literally, when you said, welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast, I had to stop me myself from screaming <laughs> oh my oh. gosh this is we can't go through with the rest of the episode i'm too excited <laughs> so, I'm so honored my if goodness you don't know about you can tell me it is a new anonymous podcast they're gonna tell us about it right now in a second i'm so excited because they're anonymous we're not gonna be introducing themselves but we'll, we'll introduce the show and then there has been a request to do a little something that we like to call pride and pickle <laughs> So after we get a little introduction about what you can tell me is, we'll do a little bit of that. Thank God. Beautiful. <laughs> Sounds great. Beautiful. Um, so, so yeah, tell us, tell us about the show. Great. So you can tell me that the second line of it is an anonymous guide to getting over your ex is a podcast. It's actually very straightforward. People come on anonymously. Everyone's anonymous. So me and my producer are anonymous. Our guests are also anonymous and they come on the podcast talk about their breakups, but how they've healed from the breakup. That's really where the impetus of this whole podcast came to be was I felt like I was missing some tools in my toolkit to deal with my breakup. So I wanted to sort of be a little selfish and do a community project where I could hear from others on how they've healed from their breakups to help myself. But in the process, putting the content out there as like sort of a resource sharing project because we don't talk about it enough and it's not mm-hmm. shameful to get broken up with. It's actually very normal. Super um, normal. Yeah. So that's that's the show. And we always, I know on your show that you always say how old, you have to say how old you are. I am 26 years old. I started this project when I was 25. I'm the host. So I'm the producer of the podcast. So as the host just said, um, she's the one who had this brilliant idea to help get over a breakup. And she asked me to come on as the producer. So uh, my main responsibility is booking our guests, doing all the reaching out. I run the social media pages as well. So if you're interacting with us on social media, you're talking to me. Um, (laughs) I sometimes chat in during the interviews that we have as well but for the most part the host is the one who's having all the discussions and I'm on the calls too to be there as some emotional support I am 28 years old I had to think about that for a second Um, So this started when I was 27. And I have never produced a podcast before. So this has been a lot of fun. I've produced other projects, but this has been totally different. It's, you know, a totally new medium for us. And it's been really incredible to just sit down and talk to people about their experiences. Yeah, definitely. I think it's so cool that you guys take time to talk about this stuff. Because as we've seen through all of the people we've connected with that having these types of conversations directly makes so many people feel less alone and normalizes the experience 
experience and especially that you offer so many tools on how to go about the healing. I can't imagine the amount of things that you've come across and, you know, even seeing people in our own lives that have gone through breakups and it feels like the end of the world and they blame themselves and feel unlovable and all of these things for you to have a place for them to go to and feel less alone is, is really beautiful. So glad you guys are doing it. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. It's such a, it's such a great idea. You know, at the end of the day, we all just want to feel less alone and especially where you can go to get that and also hopefully get some tools as well to hear from other people. I'm going to call, when I refer to you guys, I'm going to call you the host and the producer since that's what you called yourself. Um, The host had once said to me that she was like, I want, it's going to be like a research project basically. And I just think that is like such a fabulous idea for it. Very Brene Brown of you. And that's what I'm so excited to talk to you guys today because you have been conducting this research basically. Yes. I, I do consider myself a scientist. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rightfully so. <laughs> so I'm excited to like unpack this research that you guys have been collecting. But before we get into that, it's time for a little thing we like to call <laughs> Pride and Pickle. Guest edition. Ooh. true music to my ears wow that was that was a moment that was a real moment she gives me my it. whole life every week when I hear her do that I say no I can start my week I really, it really it, it really came from the diaphragm too like I really felt like yes. that was like a full body yeah, yeah you have to moment. line yourself up mm-hmm. there has to be some like body motion there can't sure. like, if I just did it like still it wouldn't it wouldn't work it's not the same mm-hmm. <laughs> No, it's not the same. So, um, host, would you like to kick us off? What's your pride and pickle for the week? I would love to kick us off. So my pride has been getting to record so many episodes. We batch record our podcast. So it's a little different than your podcast where it's like you always have like week to week. You check in with one another. You talk about the themes of that week. So you do truly record sort of more often me and my producer we batch record based on our schedules because of our other jobs or commitments or where we need to be so we will do like crazy marathon batch recordings while we'll record like over the course of five days we'll record 10 episodes something like that um and so that's what we've been doing this past weekend and it's always so fun it's always a reminder of how much i just feel like i won the lotto in picking my producer to be the producer for this project because i never get sick of her and we're texting all the time anyway and it's been really great to hear more stories of people I think like one of my fears going into this was like will it get stale or will it get repetitive or boring and I've not found that to be true yet and we're about to hit our our 12th episode or so and it's still we're finding new things and my pickle is wow I don't feel like I really have a pickle I don't feel like I have a pickle this week because I'm so happy to also a big pride I'll do two prides instead of a pickle Another pride is to get to be on this pod because honestly, I'll talk about this in a second too, but Julia was one of the like inspirations behind this podcast. So I just feel very like she's a little bit of like the fairy godmother of this pod too, feeling mentored by Julia. Um, So just two prides this week for sure for me. Beautiful. Producer? All right. My pride, similarly, I've really enjoyed getting to do a lot of recordings lately. I think 
think the thing that I've been most proud of lately is that we have had a lot of people with different breakup experiences on. So one thing that we've tried to consciously do is talk to people who, so that we're not just hearing the same stories over and over again. We're talking to people who have had very different stories, who have been in different positions of being the dumper or the dumpy. And so we've had a lot of variety lately. And we actually are having our first couple of guests who we do not know at all coming up, which is really exciting. So we've we've done our first recording of this of somebody who we connected with through social media who don't know us at all. We don't know them at all. And um, we're going to have a couple more of those coming up. So I think those are going to be really exciting. Those have been really fun for us to record just because it's a different format for us. And since we don't know anything about their story already, we're not, you know, there's no guiding in Mm -hmm. the conversation. It just truly is. What is your story? We have, we have no idea. So I love that. My pickle is going to be so silly this week, but I've been working on this puzzle for a long time. And I, so I got it for Christmas. I had, I, you know, live in a small apartment as I think many people in the New York city area do. And so there's no place to put this stupid puzzle. So it is on the floor. I step on it at least once a day. It always gets in the way. Every single time I look at it, I'm like, you need to just like finish this because this is (laughs) I can't vacuum over here. Like it's, it's a, it's not good. So my, my pickle is that I have not been able to finish this puzzle. And that's really, it's really getting to me. No, (laughs) really fair. That's really fair. We love an inauthentic pickle. We would rather you be real about the puzzle than make something up. It's true. It's, it's a problem. (laughs) That's hard. That's hard. It's in the way. It is actively in the way. I really do resonate really do she gets it she gets it the the, the only thing that I I keep whenever I you know I'm sitting here looking at it I can see it right now so it's stressing me out but whenever I sit here and look at it I'm like I'm really glad that I haven't gotten a dog yet because I do want a dog in the future but you can't do this kind of shit if you have a puppy running around you can't leave a puzzle out for three weeks you definitely can't it would be like torn up all all oh it's I mean yes awful just a mess it's a mess Brenda we'll save your um we'll save our sides and pickles for Monday because I think we get into the meat of this Valentine's Day week so this week we're going to be talking about all things love and it could be a hard week for people especially if you have been through maybe a breakup recently so I'm really excited to get into heartbreak and healing because if you're in that boat this Valentine's Day you're not alone definitely not 100% yeah it's I feel like it's super hard and people definitely put a lot of pressure on I'm thinking about even like our friends do a lot of pressure on like making something like Valentine's Day be super special super fulfilling posting on social media what maybe someone got you um all the things and it's crazy that you know we just see one side of all this stuff we're not seeing the deep emotional aspects I'm excited to dive into that too um so with all that being said why did you guys choose to be anonymous amazing so this is sort of where I am going to talk about Julia um because it ties into like the inspiration behind the podcast. But I was going, I went through a really bad breakup. I mean, it was an ongoing breakup. I feel like I feel like I finally called it quits quits in September. And that's when I like really started focus on healing myself. But sort of the entire summer was really tough for me. And Julia was going through a similar situation um, in her personal life, as well as other people that we knew. I feel like the pandemic really like ringed so many people, you know, and so that summer, there was a lot 
lot of heartbreak and strife. And we're at an age where it's like a lot of times it's like that first love that that and that can be so painful, like the first kind of adult relationship you're going through. But there's also something around breakups that, you know, you feel shame around them or you feel like you can't totally be honest because you're afraid of getting that I told you so from your friends or that I didn't really like him anyway or you knew he wasn't the one in the first place like we knew it, which like doesn't really feel that good to hear. So the idea behind people coming on anonymously was so they could protect themselves in case their ex somehow stumbled upon the podcast or like any of their friends, you know, sort of protect their their identity, but also to remove any stigma that they might feel about how we might respond to their story based on who we are, our experiences. We reveal little details about ourselves here and there about past relationships or current relationships or whatnot, but we felt like it was really important in order to really get vulnerable with people to remove some of the aspects that could lead to judgment or could lead to, well, you're this way or you went through this relationship, so you won't get me or you won't get my experience or you won't get my relationship because it's Mm -hmm. oftentimes something that, you know, I felt like I couldn't even talk to some of my closest friends at the time about certain aspects of my relationship because I felt judged or I felt like they didn't like him or they didn't whatever, which isn't, which is hard to hear when you're going through something like, and so we also talk about that, right? About like finding people that will open-heartedly like listen to what you're coming in with and not like be like, well, you were wasting your time in the first place Mm -hmm. because that's like, you don't need someone stepping on you when you're already down. And so that the, the podcast is meant to be that, a place where you can share what helped you get out of that place for the people that are going through it right now. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. I think that that's so cool. And I can see how something like that, especially when breakups and relationships in general can be so touchy and things can be so misinterpreted, even though people who come on your podcast are trying to make an impact, talking things through, maybe even talking it out is healing for them. Um, And then to be afraid of what other people might think or say about the intention behind that is super stressful. So that is so awesome. Um, And I'm curious to see in terms of like, this just like popped up in my head randomly um but when you do have people on your podcast do you find like like are they are they nervous to share the story with you not really because they we try to have people on who are over it Mm. we try to have people on who have really taken the steps towards healing themselves and aren't as close to the thing that hurt them Mm -hmm. and we kind of flag that beforehand and we always tell them like based on where the conversations go we may not drop this episode if we feel like it's not going to be helpful to our listeners and there's no beef around that but like we really just want to make sure that it is going to ultimately you know i'm i study theater i'm a storyteller i believe in the power of sharing stories and making people people feel less alone when they can even see like just a little bit of themselves represented. And we want to make sure that that's always for the positive and not necessarily more destructive as sometimes mm-hmm. like when you listen to something and someone hasn't handled it, hasn't worked through it, hasn't whatever, we don't want to like put out toxic yes. habits or content out there for people to like then do. So yes. I haven't found that people have been super nervous. Ooh. Sometimes they'll be like, I can't believe I'm doing this. But then we, you know, console them. We remind them everything is anonymous. We. I edit all of our episodes. So I'm very, very specific about catching all of the name drops or whatever. Like some people love name dropping, which is great for them. Um, I do want to protect because, you know, there's two sides to every story. So I always want, I also want to protect whoever they're yeah. 
partner was. Um, but I haven't found that people have been super nervous. Love I don't it. know if my producer would think differently. Yeah, I, I, I think so. most people have admitted to being nervous at the top. And then once they get into talking about it, they settle mm-hmm. in a lot more. I think too, we always let people know if you talk about something, even though it is anonymous, even though you know we're being really careful about removing names or identifying factors, if there is something that we talked about that later on in the day, you think maybe should have left that out, you can always let us know. And so I think that helps settle people a lot too, is that, you know, in the recording, nothing is final and set in stone, we can still take things out. And sometimes we, and we definitely have had to, you know, cut things for time, we've had to cut things for, um, for people, you know, kind of going back and saying, maybe we should have, we should trim that little bit. And like our host was saying, it's, I think sometimes if somebody is still not as far along in certain aspects of the healing, then lots of times there's a lot of parts of the conversation that are still great and um, useful and really helpful. But, you know, if it's going to be something where you're kind of feeling cathartic for just shit talking somebody will sometimes take some of those parts out as well. Like, I mean, it's fine to leave in a little bit, but I think, you know, we don't, we don't want the whole episode to just be look at how terrible this person was. Cause I, I think that that a lot of the time, at least I know from personal experience, if you're not over something, that's a lot of the time when you're really focused on, okay, but wasn't, wasn't that just awful? Weren't they like the worst person that you've ever heard of? And you're like, okay, well, you know, what can, can, could we move on? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that's an important, definitely an important point. And, I, you know, a stage in the healing process, I think you have to go through that. So of, course, totally. of course, of course. Through it. Um, but I think it is important to recognize where people, you know, especially we, me and Brenna talk about a lot about who you're taking advice from. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to recognize where people are in their stages of whatever it is, you know, in their life that you might be going for advice to because everybody, of course, is coming from their own lens. And like, mm-hmm. I think it's super important to recognize where people are in their stage when you're taking advice and like, you know, do you want to echo where they are when mm-hmm. they're giving that advice? Like, you know, me and Brenna, one of me and Brenna's biggest thing is like, don't don't take advice from someone whose life you don't want to live. Like, so I think that that's important to acknowledge. And I'm glad that you guys are sensitive to that when you're putting out your content, because it is easy to hop on that hate them train um, and important to ride it for a little bit. But ultimately, you know, hate and anger and all Mm -hmm. those kind of negative feelings don't end up serving us long term. Totally. totally. Yeah. And something Julia and I, in terms of like friendship that we've learned so much of is kind of, and you mentioned this before host, um, when it comes to like people that you're, that you're talking to and stuff like that, something that I really value about Julia and my friendship is that we know there's no judgment. Like we know that you will get the real, real, but you'll also get someone that's open to maybe hearing something that, that, that like I wouldn't want to hear if, if her thoughts are going a certain way. And I think that stuff like that just makes it so much easier because or else like I'm sure a lot of people in your life have experienced is you don't want to share things with people in your life that you solely feel like are going to, you know, beat you down if, if you're not giving them the answer they want to hear. Well, I really want to hop off that, Brenda, in which leads me to my next question for you guys of like the what you said before, host, mm-hmm. about judgment around relationships, especially judgment from your friends. Um, I think we see a lot of that a lot of times leading up to a breakup. 
Yep. Like people being afraid to share what's really going on or how they're feeling about something because what if this is just a season and then like we get, you know, we stay mm-hmm. together. I don't want my friends to like think negatively about my boyfriend or my girlfriend or whatever. I think that there's a lot of fear around that when things are getting tough. So what are some consistent themes that you guys have seen from your guests so far leading up to breakups? Communication, like across the board, communication mm-hmm. is a huge, huge problem that people who do break up um, find themselves it's you know total lack of communication or something happens with communication I mean it is like almost every single time I would say that's what we hear yeah I'd say that's one of the biggest warning signs for sure another one is like a lot of times there's what will often lead to a breakup is like when one of the one of the parties wants to redefine the relationship or commit one step further whether that's moving in or whatever but people have different ideas of what commitment is Uh, you know I think like mutual agreement on definition of terms I feel like is a big one for for couples and I'd say you know we on our on our Twitter and on our Instagram like we always post like what are some red flags like what are some things like if you're in a relationship right now that maybe isn't going so well here's some red flags that we've noticed and a lot of them are about communication and commitment and then um and you just when you feel like you can't be honest with your partner that's the biggest one like I feel like it should be like straight up if you're partnered with someone like really think about what the name what the term partner is what a teammate is like those are the people that you that that's like your life collaborator like you want to be honest with your collaborator be able to be vulnerable with your collaborator and then and we also do like um breakup tips so like it's like sort of the pre and the post you know if there's a breakup like you know and and I would say, yeah, I would say, I guess those are like the biggest warning signs. And I agree, Julia, that a lot of it comes, you know, that's when it's hard to talk to your friends about it because we never want to show the cracks, right? Like it's, it's sort of this thing that social media breeds. And when you're in a relationship too, like that's what's so hard is like, you'll, that's why it's so weird. Like the first time you post a picture together with the person and then suddenly like when those pictures disappear or mm-hmm. when those picked or when like he deletes the pictures or when, you know, or like just like different things that like people read into, right? It's like we've created this version of our lives online. One of my healing strategies has been to totally get off social media. Like I'm not mm-hmm. on it at all. Um, I have my producer run all of our accounts because it is, I would fall into toxic, toxic patterns <laughs> with all of these apps that weren't serving me. And I realized that they weren't serving me because I was like focusing so much on the narrative that I wanted others to believe my life was that I wasn't living mm-hmm. my life. And I feel like that is one of the things that really infiltrates itself into our real life relationships because we're more focused on presenting that to our friends instead of truly what's happening to our friends. There's also this... um... Yeah, I think like in the lack of communication and in the like highlight reel kind of um, presentation that a lot of people fall into, there's an aspect of people who are still playing games when they're in a relationship. And that is something that is so driven socially and by social media of all these Mm -hmm. like, okay, we've got to play a game. And, you know, there's um, one of our episodes, I think it's number six, talks about this quite a bit where he was in a relationship for a year and a half with this girl who they still would be playing 
this like, okay, whose turn is it to text first? I'm like, after a year and a half, like that is exhausting. That is so exhausting. And that is, that is not a way that you should be living your life. That is not somebody that you are truly compatible with because you would, I would think if you have a friendship that's gone on for at least a year and a half that you wouldn't be playing that kind of, that kind of a mind game. So to think that the person that you think that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, that you're playing these games with. I mean, there's something I remember having my older cousin say to me years ago that she grew up in the South and a lot of people were getting married super young. And she would talk to some of her friends who were wanting to get engaged. And my cousin was very much like, I am not in that place, but I'll listen to you. And they would say things like, okay, well, I don't know if my boyfriend wants to get married yet, but I've been dropping hints that I want to. And I've been doing this. And she, even at the age of like 23, understood that that's not good. You and your partner don't talk about whether or not you want to get married. What is wrong with you? Yeah, there's just, there's this sense that there's a lot of people who are so afraid to talk to somebody about that. And then if you sit there and you hear that and you're like, hey, that's not a good sign, then, you know, those are, I think lots of times that's not taken well, you know, they need to kind of hear those things themselves. And so I think being able to have these kinds of honest conversations and hopefully get stories like that will maybe help the person who's going through that right now. It's like, oh, I keep dropping hints to my significant other and looking for signs, even though we've been together for three years, maybe I should reevaluate that. And that's really a huge hope is that like you shouldn't be doing or just say it like you shouldn't have to like manipulate your partner into like you shouldn't have to be like dropping crumbs to see like you're you're dating an adult like you can just have an adult conversation but that's something that I I had to learn that in therapy because that comes with maturity and it comes with more awareness of yourself is like if you feel afraid to bring stuff like that up with your partner you're maybe not with the right partner um yeah you should feel comfortable sharing some things and my therapist always says you know when you get over your ex like when you start dating again it really will only take two to three dates to know whether this person is your person because you'll already know what to look for and you'll already know what what is the vibe and what isn't the vibe and I try to you know but that you have to breed self-confidence for that you have to know exactly what you want and that is what's challenging for so many young people in relationships Mm -hmm. is like you will do anything to keep the person in your life yeah love the attention you love and that's beautiful and like it's it's not gonna work I mean it will eventually right like because you're not being true to yourself like it will but Mm -hmm. the growth that comes out of that is very beautiful and that's another thing that we try to promote on the podcast is like and we actually one of our recordings this week said it will drop it soon but she says you know I don't like looking up looking at my breakup as a trauma I like looking at my breakup as a blessing and I love that like I love looking at every experience as an opportunity for learning more about yourself yeah yeah and I just really hope that those are the types of people who are finding and listening to the podcast is the person who you know won't listen is not really feeling ready to talk to their friends about something that's going on, but maybe they're noticing, oh, I'm dropping all these hints. I I don't know why my partner's not picking up on them. Maybe they'll listen to the podcast and understand, hey, you shouldn't need to drop hints to somebody mm-hmm. that you should want to be with long-term. You should be able to talk to them outright. And if you can't, then you should probably GTFO. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, that was that was so beautifully put, both of you. And especially the piece about that the host mentioned before about kind of finding some sort of strength through struggle. We talk about that a lot on our podcast. And I think it's really hard to see that in the moment, like when you're in the depths of it, as I'm sure you've both experienced, to see, oh yeah, this is this is gonna serve me in some way. Um and I know firsthand through Julia's experience, and she said it time and time again that, you know, on the first night when she slept at my house and we were trying to watch movies and distract her there was no nothing made sense right and then months later down the road seeing the work that she's done on herself and all of that has been so inspiring that like it can be an opportunity for growth there can be a why is this happening for me and and seeing all that but it is really hard of course to see in the moment so hopefully through people listening to your episodes and learning more about what you do they'll see that there is some sort of potential for that but that also made me think about the importance of doing self-work in a relationship like you said because because often I'm very, very guilty of this. And many times, you know, I will like think things are wrong, but it's really a projection of my own insecurities and nothing is wrong. <laughs> so being able to decipher between the two and doing that work to acknowledge and build that self-confidence so that you can have a more like authentic um, view of how things are going. But with all that being said, I'm curious as to hear what was the most like heart-wrenching breakup story you guys have have witnessed thus far? Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) I mean, we have had, we've had some that were like truly crazy. We're like, so like um, my producer said earlier, like we have known all of our guests up until this point. Like at this point, we're truly getting people that we do not know on the, you know, and we do it like with a Google phone number like they call in so they never see our faces they don't know our names we maybe know their names because they reached out to us via email so those people we can't really scout or shape a season around because we don't know them but for the most part prior to this we have been able to more or less so it's either people i know or people my producer knows and one of the guests i'm thinking of episode three they were in a five year long long distance relationship and at the beginning of the pandemic they were going to pick one coast and live there and she moved she totally relocated and then he fell in love with his best friend so crazy. It was honestly, it was so oh gut wrenching because I was in a long distance relationship and for so long, I wanted to relocate to where my partner was. And I just like could not imagine taking that big of a step, like truly uprooting your life and then have the ground totally pulled out and from under you where you didn't like, at least when my breakup happened, like I was on my coast, I was in my apartment, like I had my (laughs) life set up for myself. But to uproot that was really, really, that was gut wrenching. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. It really was just he called her one morning at six in the morning before she had to teach a class. And she told him, I have to teach, like, what's going on? And he said, you know, he had been doing a road trip with his friend from high school, who he's always been close to, but they, I don't believe that they had ever dated before. And he was like, oh, I'm in love with her. (laughs) And then our, yeah, and our guest was like, all right, uh, you can have somebody pick up your stuff from my apartment. I never want to talk to you again. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I think those are the things that like freak people out so much and why sometimes we like create problems where they don't exist is out of fear of something like that happening. Because now, yeah, like there are examples of those things happening and you can't, I don't, I don't even know if this is a correct statement. Like it's hard because it's, it's, you can't fully prepare for moments like that, but you can try to be as in tune as possible with signs and red flags, like you said, leading up to them. Um, But that is, that's a lot. (laughs) 
that one had a lot of red flags though. Like when we were talking yes, about it yes. and, and she said too, like it, she was like, I, I knew that we weren't going to be together forever. Like I mm-hmm. knew we weren't going to be happily ever after. So mm-hmm. I don't know why I even entertained it for as long as I did. It was just like six years total of like, yeah. With this person, which is long, we're young. Like six years yeah. is a long time. Long. Pivotal, um, especially during pivotal a pivotal age, yeah. like where we are. Yeah. And I think um, to echo what Brenda said, like yes, intuition. Like we we talk about intuition a lot of like really trying to hone in on our intuition and not second guessing yourself. Like I think that that's the thing that we do the most when it comes. I know I do it the most. Like I know I'm very intuitive and I usually am correct, but I never, almost never listen to it off the jump because I think that it's you know I'm conditioned to driven that it's my anxiety or it's fear or like blah 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 but so something that's been very big for me and I think I would I encourage for other people is like trying to figure out when something is anxiety and fear and when something truly is intuition and being able to listen to it and trust yourself yeah yeah feel that thing of intuition but that's very hard to do it's so hard so hard to know the difference but I do believe it's a practice of like you know learning to trust and then the second thing I was gonna say what was it red flags oh and then then the other thing that we kind of always are circling back to of like you can do everything you think you're supposed to do but at the end of the day you cannot predict your life nope like Mm. you can think you're doing everything correctly and strong arm yourself in a certain path. But like at the end of the day, you cannot predict your life. And that is a fucking beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 And that's been a great thing about talking to that guest in particular is that she was like, okay, that was, you know what, that was the true color that I needed to Mm -hmm. see. I I saw, I knew all these other signs and issues. I knew that there was work that we needed to do, but you show me your true colors. Great. I can then move on and not be associated with this anymore. And she's doing, she's in such a better, um, healthier state for herself right now. And she has a dog. She's got oh, a beautiful dog. The most healing tool. Truly. That's on it. We yeah. could have just done one episode of the podcast, which is just us saying, get a dog for 45 minutes. And yeah. that would have yeah. done just as much. You're healed. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. totally. That that That's really powerful. And I think that based on those like principles that Julia said before, something else that has really helped us and I'm certain would help people in situations like that is even with all of that, not being able to control what's coming next and all of that stuff, knowing that whatever does come, it's going to be okay. And it feels like such a simple like statement, but I know that we have found so much peace in knowing, okay, unexpected things are going to come up. And that's probably what gets in the way for people when their life flips upside down is it feels like the end of the world. You don't know what to do. You didn't plan for this, but trying so, so hard to see that even in this moment where nothing feels okay, it will be okay. And really having that deep belief, I think is very, very grounding and trying to see a, a bigger purpose towards it. But you have um, to believe it. You have to really yes. want to believe it because you can't just say it. Like you have, yeah. you have to really believe that if if you want it to be true. You know, I'm very big on like laws of the universe. Like so. If- I mean, that's one of the things. That's one of the tools that I stole from Julia's toolkit was you know truly believing that everything happens for a reason. Like truly believing that it's not just random that I went through this, and I feel like I am sort of fulfilling my purpose in some way, like helping other people go through this. I'm, you know, I'm the oldest of four sisters. I have like big older sister protector, like energy. And 
I'm like, if I can at least make it a little easier for my younger sisters who will inevitably go through tough times like this or like riffs or like whatever, then then this will have been worth it. And I'm thankful for what I went through. It's not every day that I feel like that. And I think that's what's important to say too. Some days I'm like, why is the why this happened to me? Why couldn't I have like I I I'm a good girl. Like I haven't done anything wrong. I'm not mean. I'm not petty. Like all these things. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, like I think I'm really proud of this project, and it's also gotten me closer to my producer, which I've loved. Like so, I think it's really just all good things ultimately can come from it, but you have to work towards it and you have to believe it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be linear and that's okay. It's just the belief, mm-hmm. it's just the deep belief in that mm-hmm. that is possible for you. But I want to ask from your research thus far, yes, have you seen people more often than not go back to their ex? in some way or another like whether it's hooking up again like casual sex go, you know like what it, what's been like the commonality there and how has that worked out for them <laughs> that's an interesting one does my producer want to take this one on oh absolutely um <laughs> yes so it does happen I would say a decent amount there's been a decent amount of either continuing to hook up or people getting back together um a lot of those people then have broken up again or when they have started to hook up it then got really complicated and uncomfortable um so I would say it definitely happens a decent amount I would say that oftentimes doesn't work out um because lots of times at least in you know in the research that we've conducted for the most most of those people have not gone through the changes and then come back together as like consciously necessarily there's been a lot of like oh and then we kind of fell back into hooking up or we fell back into dating and nothing was exactly yes like they suddenly you know they'll say oh yes we went back to hooking up nothing was different though in terms of how we were approaching the relationship and so then a few months later it fizzled and now I hate them and you're like interesting so I think it's very rare that it does end up working out because you need to be extremely intentional and conscious about it and I think especially for people because I definitely did this in my past too back in the old college days where you you know you would crave that comfort with somebody that you have that closeness with and then you would say okay well I can just kind of like be with them but not be with them and that mm-hmm. is, I believe, most of the time a myth. I don't think that you can just <laughs> jump back in and be like, oh, but we're just like, you know, we've got this new age relationship now, mm-hmm. even though we used to be in an exclusive committed relationship. I, I don't think that that works if you yeah. haven't actually done the work to fix the issues that were there. So yeah, I think a decent amount of our guests have had situations where they've gone. A, a lot of people have said at the beginning when we say, okay, so you're talking about a breakup with so-and-so and they'll say, which breakup do you want me to talk about with that person? And Ooh. we'll say, that gives us a lot of That's helpful. Of what's okay, going cool. on. Cool. Yes. Cool. We have insight. Like, okay, great. Yeah. So are we talking four times, five times? Did you break wow. up every other day? Like what's going on? So. <laughs> That's, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we do have one success story of we like do. someone who, and we follow we we recorded an episode with this person and because of the podcast they realized that they had worked through a lot of their stuff Mm -hmm. and they reached out to that their ex wow because of the podcast and they're back together now but it was many years later eight years later eight Eight years later after their breakup 
I think that that's the important thing to echo what Nicole said of like, there's a difference between falling back into something for comfort yep, and actually both parties doing the healing work yep. in order to make something new work. Yep. No one and I you know, know, that's something that my ex and I, we were similar, had maybe a thousand breakups before our final breakup because we kept falling back into the same old thing. And I remember he would always say to me, you need to focus on healing and I need to focus on healing. And I was always like, you have nothing to heal from. Like I'm the one who's heartbroken. Like, ah. But now that I'm like doing, having conducted all of this research as the anthropologist that I am and also um, doing my own healing work and having, you know, we got in touch a little bit over the holidays because of my birthday and stuff. I was like, wow, he hasn't been doing the healing and I've been doing the healing and he actually does have to heal. Like there are some things that just because he ended the relationship, like that's something that we we downplay the healing we have to do if we were broken up with. Because if we get back together, then we're like, that's all we needed to do was get back together. No, no, no. There needs to be that period of why didn't it work out the first or 10 times? Like why, why didn't that work out? What were the things that we were returning to that weren't serving either of us actually? That like felt good in the moment, but like weren't, but like having to identify those things. I'm very privileged in that I do have a therapist to work through these things with. Like it has been crazy to tease out the specific things that I would rely on this person for that now I rely on myself for. And I, no one can take that away from me because it's in me, but he has to, I can't provide some of those things for him anymore. More. Mm-hmm. And that's something that he needs to heal from and he needs to provide those things to himself. So if years down the road, if it just so happens that we, you know, come back together, it won't be falling back in together. It'll be building something new because we'll be fundamentally different people. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's like hard, it's not the nicest to say, but it's like the definition of, you know, like insanity doing the same thing over and over yes. and expecting absolutely. A unless something really changes and change takes time, unless change and growth really happens, you're going to fall back into the exact same thing, expecting a different result. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you're not going to get one. And I'm not <laughs> saying people can't get back together. I totally believe that you can, but it only will work if it's not out of comfort and if if it's truly out of growth. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And I think that can be a really difficult thing because at least I'm thinking of movies in my head right now, but I feel like when people break up and then someone tries to win the other person back, you know, there's all these monologues. Yeah. I'm different. I've changed like all this stuff that is it, does it feel good to hear? Yeah. Like I'm sure that no matter how much you've gone through with someone that it feels like we love validation, right? We do. Like even from the people who hurt us, it's hard to just shut out. So I think that really come makes it challenging to be like, okay, if I were to give into something like this, is it because I really believe something is different? Can something be different so soon after? All of that stuff. So do you guys believe when it comes to, like, do, do you believe, I guess, that people can really change? And if so, do you think that that type of change has a certain timeline? Like, where are your beliefs with that? I'll start. I 100% think people can change. There's so much debate about this. Even my own point of point of view on this has shifted, but I truly feel that since my breakup, I feel like I have changed my entire life. Like literally I cut out everything that wasn't serving me. And with the support of my support system, I've been able to do this, but like, and honestly, I think the pandemic has also forced me to face a lot of those things because I don't have the distractions of being out every night at a play or being at a business dinner or being at like all of these things. Like, you know, I'm truly, 
I, I now live alone and I have had to like face a lot of things. And one of the affirmations that I say to myself is like, I have the power to change my life. Like I have the power to change my behavior. I have the power to apologize when I think I haven't behaved in a way that reflects the person I want to be. I think it's really, really toxic to say, well, this is just who I am. Like, and that's something my, my ex actually does a lot. He'll say, well, I just am this way. I don't like, I'm, I don't ever say that. If I say like, you know what? I am an insecure person. No, it's that I feel insecure and I can push past this, right? Like, and I think that's something that has been so key for me, but I 100% believe that everyone has the power to change things that they don't like about themselves and change their mindsets. And, but you have, it's like, you have to believe it. Like you have to Mm -hmm. stop labeling yourself because all of us are just like blobs walking around the earth. Like ultimately, (laughs) like if you abstract it, like none of us have anything that's like unique to us that stays with us forever. You can constantly reinvent yourself. You can constantly apologize. You can constantly, you know, my grandmother was a nurse for most of her career and now she's like fully an artist and like sells her paintings and like takes piano and like in her 60s, she started doing that like you can change you can do anything like this life is too short for you to just like go around being one thing and if you're in your 20s and already doing that like you're it's such a disservice to to your potential a hundred I think people can change, but I'm also a hopeless romantic. <laughs> That's why I love working with Nicole. So you're a hopeful romantic. Please. Facts, facts. <laughs> but the reason why I love my producer is because I feel like we provide a really good balance of like, my producer brings the spikes and she will really tell it like it is. So I am interested to see, to hear from um, her on like what you think about this question. So I actually agree. I think that people can change as well, but it needs to come from them. I don't think that you can change people. Yes. And yes. that's the huge distinction. I think that a lot of times women in heterosexual relationships are especially guilty of wanting to go into something of like, oh, I can change him. And why? Well, first of all, why do you think that? Um, (laughs) And (laughs) secondly, you cannot unless that person also wants to change. And I think that, you know, there's so much work that you can do in a relationship to change. I think, you know, personally, I've been in a, in a long-term relationship for a while now, and I have changed so much throughout the course of the relationship. I actually have become a lot more independent Mm. in this relationship, which I think is really interesting. Um, and something that I didn't necessarily expect and something that you don't really hear a lot, but because of the foundation that we've built and the communication that we've had to fight really hard to maintain, I feel so much more independent now than I did when we first got together, where I felt very much like um, I needed the validation of this other person 24-7. And now I feel much more um, settled within myself. And Mm -hmm. we've both had to do a lot of like personal work and growth throughout this time. But that is possible because we both wanted to do that. It wasn't either of us saying, you need to change this about yourself or I'm walking out. It was very much a, I will be here to support whatever changes you need to go through and whatever you're working through. But the most important thing is that we're being honest to ourselves while we're making any sort of changes that we want. So yeah, I think I think changing is so important and so great to do. And I think you can continue to do it at any age really, but you need to want to change. You cannot yes. have, you know, you can't tell your partner you must 
change um, because that's not going to work. Yeah, no, I think that was so well said. And especially, I think the thing that we run into a lot is a lot of people who don't have the types of conversations that we're lucky enough to have here don't believe it's possible because they haven't seen it firsthand because they haven't taken the time to believe that it was possible. I know even, even for me, like I like to think I'm a very intuitive, introspective person, but I'm nowhere near as intuitive and introspective. I was never to this level. And I think a lot of it was because we do identify, like you said, host. We do identify with these labels and think that this is just the way that I am. And I find that exact phrase being repeated a lot. So people don't think they can change that. So I love that that's something that you believe in. And also for the producer, it's it's just so fascinating the way that you shared that, because I think a lot of people believe that even in like longer term relationships that you have to like, although it is beautiful to, you know, morph your lives together and, and all of that, that you can't grow on your own. And I think that when you do the deep work, you not need less validation because of course it feels good. It's nice, but it's less like shakable <laughs> to yourself and your identity and worth if things aren't going a certain way. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to, yeah, just like underline, underline, underline. <laughs> I like draw stars around that like the only way that anybody will change is if they want to. And mm-hmm. it's just, I think if you're going to take away anything from this, it's, it's that because that is the truth. But yes. anyway, do you guys believe in the one that got away phenomenon? Is that something you've seen? <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this. So Let's I do don't it. know if, okay, so should I start? Okay. So I think the one that got away is so sad. I think that is such a sad phenomenon. I think that is such a like, oh my God, it, it makes me really, really sad because I think that whoever, if, if you are a person who believes that there was a one that got away in your life and then you continue to go on and have other relationships that sucks for those new people because they are always trying to measure up to some person who broke your heart or you broke theirs or something didn't work out I think that is like just the most devastating thing to hear is that you are trying to form a relationship with somebody episode five um I wrote him a letter talks about this where she she was trying to foster a relationship with somebody who wasn't over their ex and all and knew that like that's going to be a big huge thing that we aren't going to be able to work through and now all these years later he's back together with his ex and she was just kind of the stepping stone in between and that sucks to be that person who's the stepping stone in between when you get back with somebody else I think I think that that's like a really really sad idea and I think that you know holding on so tightly to the one that got away is a dangerous idea because then you're not doing the changing you're not doing the growing because you're living back in the past with somebody especially the longer that that goes on it seems I mean it's so romanticized especially in films but it is like it it becomes you know, you are only thinking of these amazing times that you had with somebody and you're not really thinking and analyzing the reasons why it didn't work out. You've like put this person on a pedestal in your mind and that's what you're always trying to go toward. And therefore you're not making real genuine connections and relationships after that because you're always obsessed with this person. So I feel really bad for the new partners in those scenarios because that's not fair at all. And I think if you are in a relationship with somebody who still has like a one that got away thing in their mind, you get please get out of that. You deserve better than that. You absolutely should not be tying yourself to somebody who's still in love with somebody else. That's really upsetting. But I also just think that like the person who feels like there's somebody who was perfect for them is looking at it through rose colored glasses is not really understanding the things that didn't work and ultimately is living in like sort of a fantasy of a lot 
fiction that we see where we think that there's this person that we were meant or destined to be with and we're ignoring everything else that shows us the reality of that situation. So I'm pretty anti the one that got away. I think it's very sad and upsetting and I don't wish that on anybody in any of those parties. I, this is why I need to work with my producer because it's something that I'm working through in therapy right now is breaking out of that mindset of like this person was the one. And that's something that I I try to be like as honest as possible with where I'm at on my journey. But really, I mean, quite honestly, when you ask that question, I truly believe I am the one that got away. I really truly believe that I have so much to offer. Um, But right now with my ex right now, I am in that. And it's one of the questions that we ask on the podcast is like, what are some of the lows that were in that relationship? Because that's one of the things that people don't often think about post breakup. They only think of like, like my producer says, the highs. They only think of totally the trips. They only they think about the Instagram highlight reel because that's what mm-hmm. we documented. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my god. That's the archive of our relationship that exists. Is only the birthday posts, the anniversary mm-hmm. posts, the and all of that matters more than we think it does. Especially us who grew up with these tools in our hands. Mm-hmm. It's that's why I have such a serious journaling practice because I want to be able to look back and say, August 15th, 2020, I felt awful because of this. Like (laughs) I, my feelings were hurt because of this. This is how I feel. And returning to my journals has actually helped a lot when I feel like he was the one that got away because Mm -hmm. you don't want to believe that whoever quote unquote, the one is, is going to treat you in the way that you wouldn't want to treat others. You wouldn't want to treat that person. You want want a lot of times. Another thing that I do to help me when I'm in that mindset is like, um, I sub out my name for my sister's name. Mm. So I'll say like, this happened to my sister and it'll be something that happened to me, but I'll put my sister's the person mm. I most love in this world. And if I'm not okay with that, why, why would I be okay with that happening to me? That's a really good tip. I and so that is a big, big help to um, just sub out names for someone you really care about who you wouldn't want anything bad to happen to. You yeah. put down that person's name instead of your name and then your standards are gonna change real quick because oh, you're gonna be yeah. like, oh, like this yeah, is yeah. not cool like for me to yeah but I totally I mean ultimately I agree I I think that like every person has something else and beautiful to offer I think that we learn that when we take time to truly reflect on mm-hmm. what your ex gave you the possibilities of what others can give you but yeah. if you jump too quick without doing that work then it's going to be a constant compare you're not giving people a fair shot like I don't feel like no. I could be giving anyone a fair shot right now because I would be holding them up to someone else Standard. And yeah that, and that- that's something that's important to know like I remember mm-hmm. one time my college boyfriend telling me that I ruined his belief in love uh, <laughs> my god <laughs> Um, this was, you know, this was many years ago at this point. So I really hope that he has refound, uh, his belief in love for himself, but that like those kinds of things (laughs) for somebody to tell you, you're like, Hmm, I feel very much like you've got a lot of personal work to do because Mm -hmm. I think that your first love when you're, you know, early twenties, late teens is not, is not really always going to be the perfect thing. And that is okay. And I hope that now, you know, that there's 
been many years since that hopefully has found another sense of love. But I remember legitimately feeling bad for any girls that he was trying to date. Because I was like, yeah. well, that's upsetting. Like, yeah. it's okay and it's normal to, to have a heartbreak at some point. It's also okay if, you know, if we did end up together happily ever after, wonderful. But we didn't and that's okay. And you're going to be fine. You know, you don't want to be bringing that kind of feeling into a new relationship of like, well, I no longer believe in love because my ex-girlfriend who I met when we were 17 years old mm-hmm. yeah. ruined my drama. Belief in it. Totally. Well, I yeah. That, I'm sorry, but I think that it's, I think that the important thing about that is like taking people for as they truly are, yeah. not making someone out to just be a negative figure or a positive figure of, or like, you know, the perfect figure, the idealized figure, or like the, they're the worst person ever figure. Like going forward from any breakup, I think it's super important that you're not putting that person in either one of those categories, because that's not the truth. Take them for what they really are. What were the positive things that they brought that you're going to look for in a new person going mm-hmm. forward? And what are the negative things that going forward you're no longer going to accept like you have to take it as the truth and Mm -hmm. not as an idealized version of that person whether that's the negative idealized version or the positive idealized version yeah totally yeah I I couldn't have said it better June I think that looking at it as the one that got away does really distract you um, and prevent you from seeing it as this whole picture and being able to do those steps that you just shared and I also love that you said that you are the one that got away because I think if we look at ourselves with that much value because you're a 10 out of 10 seriously I think that if we look at ourselves with that type of value it lessens especially for people that I think people that are the ones that get dumped often feel get broken up with often feel a lot more shame because it's easier to take personally but still knowing even if that is the situation that it you know it's not you and having that deep belief in your own worth I think totally shifts the narrative and then you also mentioned the lows so I'm curious in terms of lows do you feel that people notice these negative things in relationships only after it's over? Or, you know, do they have some sort of awareness during the relationship and just choose not to put attention towards it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I mean, I can only really speak to the, you know, once they've broken up mm-hmm. because this was my experience and this was the experience for so many people that we've talked to. Yeah. Right, right when you break up with someone, you're not thinking of the bad things. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking of the challenging things. Unless you were the person that broke up with the person, that's that's a little different. But even then, I mean, even then we've talked to people who have ended relationships, who have been the quote unquote dumper, and they feel so guilty because they're so close with these people. And they think about maybe I should get back together with them. I miss them, like all these things. And the thing that helps them is is remembering the things that were hard, the things that were, and it's such a necessary part of the healing process is to really remember the things that were not working. I would say that, you know, when we're in relationships, every relationship is unique. But something that I've noticed is that we're trying so hard to make it work that we're trying to ignore, we're trying to ignore the bad things so intensely because we don't want to see them. We want to know that whatever we're investing time in is going to be, you know, that that there's going to be a return on the investment. And so we're ignoring the the things that aren't working. I think the people who are really in tune with what they want and the people that have done the self-work that we're talking about will call those things out. I follow like a ton of, I don't even follow them. They're like in my TikTok algorithm, like a lot of like self-help coaches and like love coaches and relationship um, coaches. And all of them say like, you should be checking in regularly with your partner 
just like about things that are working out or things that aren't working out or things that just like different things here and there that like you want to bring up like you shouldn't be sitting with anything but we sit with a lot we sit with more than we should yeah totally yeah I definitely agree I know that's something that I do and my boyfriend probably doesn't even know this um but every in the morning like part of my morning routine after like after the other the other aspects of it and only as of the past few months I've been writing I have like physical goals mental health goals blah blah blah. and then I have a relationship goals section and it's very brief but it's just like one bullet um and it's an intention that I'm putting towards the relationship because I I personally love words of affirmation and stuff like that but I have to be really intentional about doing something in you know in how he feels most loved um so I take the time to actually think about what that looks like even if it's like as simple as dropping off a pretzel at his home with 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 a note because I can't not have a note um uh, because I know he comes home starving at the end of the night after work so if even if it's something as simple as that I feel like being intentional and actually taking some time to think about you know how does this actually work how does this make someone else feel is is so important and I've only learned that through having conversations like this what what reoccurring things do you guys see people like learning about themselves the most after a breakup like what are some things that people keep saying like I've learned this about myself post breakup if there's any yeah that's actually kind of a hard one because I feel like everybody's learned something so different but we've definitely had a theme of people being comfortable being by themselves and learning to be alone with yourself people have always also said I feel like in the in the past couple of episodes that like focus that they've put on or like the energy that they've put into building themselves up has always reaped rewards because they're the only person right like I think like we said earlier like when you're putting in so much energy to try to change the relationship but it's only one of you it's not going to work when you're putting in so much energy to try to change your partner that's not going to work but when you're putting in energy to change aspects of your life that you want to change that will only ever lead to good things because it's you're the person that's in control of it and you're the person that Mm -hmm. will see it through so that's something that i think has been really beautiful to see with a lot of people, we've had people write albums after their exes. We've had people who started, um, got so interested in like taking themselves out on dinner dates that then they started majoring in like food justice and like food, like literally became like started a whole new facet of her professional and like educational career but we've had people learn about kink learn about yes 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 like and learn that yeah so it's been it's been so amazing I think it's so hard to say just one thing but I guess at the end of the day people deepen their understandings of who they are as human beings which is like the best thing you could ask for yeah for sure no that's that's so cool and I think it's because when we're in one specific state for a long time, we're putting all of our energy towards one thing. It's it's hard to see beyond that, you know, yeah. but I really love that people who even are in, in relationships doing that type of work, seeing what can I add, asking those questions, having the conversations definitely makes all the difference. Um, so I'm curious, what are some of the best pieces of advice um, that you've heard for people to deal with heartbreak while they're still like in that deep mud of, of the heartbreak? I think we've heard from, I think almost every single person has said, you know, the pain is temporary. It will pass. It's not forever. This is something that we forget every single time that we're going through something tough, but you will not feel this bad forever. That's been a consistent thing that people have said. 
Yeah. Another one is that it's everyone is on their own timeline. Like everyone, some people, you know, my sister, she's a little younger than me, but she was like, you know, she went through like a little breakup herself. And she was like, one day I just woke up and I was like, I don't want to feel bad about this anymore. Like it's actually exhausting to me. She's a Sagittarius. She has chaotic, adventurous energy. She's able to work that out of her system a little bit quicker than others. But I think like that feeling of like, at that point, she didn't stop feeling sad, but at that point she made a commitment to herself that she would seek better energy. And so I think like that's something that everyone is on their own timelines in terms of that moment when they want to just truly decide to feel different and want to feel different because it's not just something that's going to happen. Like all of our guests have said it takes time, but it also takes seeking out the resources, seeking Mm -hmm. out the podcasts, seeking out the books. I have read so much Brene Brown. I am <laughs> Brene Brown at this point. Like <laughs> I am Brene Brown. <laughs> like literally, like, you know, seeking out the podcast, seeking out, seeking out the content that's gonna make you feel good, the, those resources, but that's active work you have to do. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're passively just going to hope that one day you'll feel better, like that, it's just not gonna happen. You need totally. to feel your feelings. We've heard that a bunch. Like just like take the time. How some people, it's like a week of crying in your bed and just concentrating on like getting that out for some people it's a little longer but taking the time to acknowledge give yourself give yourself enough grace to acknowledge that you're a human who can feel badly who can feel sad who can experience that that's beautiful like it's beautiful to have that range of emotion feel it and then thank it you know like give give that you know and and then every day make one active choice towards like being towards healing and and that's um i feel like that it's like time and like being like really intentional there's no you know nothing works out if you're not intentional about it yeah absolutely i think you guys have given a lot of major tips um of advice and i think just everything we said about you know everybody's process is going to be different but you're not alone and what i love about the show is that it shows that even though everybody's you know experience is different when it comes to the details like you are not alone in your feelings in you know that things take time that people need each other to rely on that you need resources to rely on that you know and at the end of the day that it's all about coming back to yourself and um that's what i just love about the show so i'm really appreciative of you guys coming here to talk about heartbreak and healing and all of the in-between because it's messy. It's messy. It's messy, but it's normal. That one of our Very guests, normal. literally, she said it so succinctly in a way that I was like, wow, that, that was the whole project of this podcast summarized in three words, which is breakups yeah. are normal. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. whether it's breaking up with an ex, whether it's breaking up with a facet of your identity you don't want to be anymore, whether it's breaking up with a friend, whether it's – like everyone because it's necessary for growth like as we grow up as people like certain things need to fall away and new chapters need to begin breakups are normal and if we can provide a platform where people can feel like less alone like we're doing it absolutely i wasn't going to ask you guys because you're anonymous but now i want to know has for each of you has there been any resource in your life that has helped guide you through your 20s thus far it doesn't have to be about breakups it could just be about life or it could be about breakups so books podcasts yeah i can go first because um you can go first and and i'll think (laughs) i truly sound like a suck up but honestly i do (laughs) roaring 20s podcast i moved out 
to my own apartment last year. And I, before that had four roommates. So it was like very chatty, chatty, chatty all the time. We were taught, like I was with someone 24 seven, like truly it was like constant stimulation, which was like exactly what I needed at that time in my life. But me and Julia were like talking, we were working on a project together outside of either of our podcasts. And I was like, right, like Julia and Brenda are doing this thing. And then I started listening to you guys twice a week. And it was like, wow, they're like my roommates. (laughs) Or like, they're like, it's like having like, just like people chatting, like about stuff. And some of it is super helpful. Like um, a lot of the, like, especially like the one chef you just had, I literally texted you. I was like, "Mm, should we move to Paris and just go to like, mm, sounds like a a plan. Um, But you know, I feel like, so definitely you're, I mean, if you're listening to this episode, that's already a resource for you. So I'll give you another one, which is, I feel like the happiness lab, Lori Santos's podcast is Mm -hmm. amazing. It's so good. She breaks down things that like myths that we think make us happy, but actually how they do or don't and the science behind it. She's a psychologist. She's a professor at Yale. She teaches this Mm. class called the science of happiness. Mm. That was really major for me. Another one that actually was, um, formative. It was a recommendation that my producer made to me when I first pitched her the idea for this podcast that also became, I'm a big podcast audiobook fan and um Chris Gethard's podcast Beautiful Anonymous. It's not specific to just being in your 20s, but there's something that makes you feel just like less alone. It's very kind of similar um to ours, but it's a little more broad in that people can call in. It's an hour-long conversation and they can talk about whatever. The only rule is mm. that the host, Chris Gethard, who's a comedian, can't hang up. And mm. his focus is really like about mental health and um he has gone through his own um you know, episodes of depression and um, Mm. whatnot. And he's very honest about that. And as someone who's gone through similar um, instances in my life about that, um, I just feel so comforted by him. And I, as I've deemed you my roommates when I'm listening to you, I deem him my mentor when I'm listening to him. He has no idea that he's my mentor, but he is. (laughs) So I'd say, yeah, I'd say like the Happiness Lab and Chris Gethard's Beautiful Anonymous. And as for books just Brene all the way. I feel like, yeah, the, you know, Daring Greatly and The Gifts of Imperfection really hit. There's also a great book that I just read called two of them. One is You Are Not My, You Are Not Your Brain, Mm -hmm. which like is all about negative thoughts, how you're, you are not your thoughts basically. And negative thoughts can come up and how to, which like is really aligned with a lot of like meditation practice. Um, And also it's not always depression is another really great book that teaches you how to, when you have a feeling, how to locate it physically in your body. And once you notice it, you can kind of be like, okay, I'm feeling this. It's in my stomach. I know why I'm feeling this. And then it just makes it easier to deal with anytime it comes up again, because it's no longer like, why am I feeling? It's like more like you can, you could say like, okay, I'm just anxious because I have a meeting coming up and I have a presentation. I'm going to like acknowledge it and move, keep, move past it. Love it. Those are my big ones. Love Love it. Producer? This is such a hard question because I have felt like my twenties have been so long since I'm at the end of them. It just feels like I've had so many different, I guess, like stages. Yes. Yes. I've had a lot of different stages throughout my twenties. So I will say like the most recent stages of things in the past couple of years. Um, I was always a really, really big reader growing up. I love to read books. And in the beginning of college, I was great about reading all the time. And then I kind of like 
stopped reading for a while and it was not great. Um, I just didn't read at all. And I got back into reading a lot a couple of years ago, I guess probably like four or five years ago, I got back into like consistently reading all the time. And um, I love to read a lot of fiction. I love to read a lot of um, memoirs as well. And those, I think memoirs have been really helpful in terms of like your 20s, of understanding that your 20s are a short period of time, even though it may feel very long, it feels very important. Remembering that, oh, I'm very young right now and I don't have all the answers and that's okay. Uh, One of my favorite memoirs, I have to literally look at my bookshelf to remember the name, which is that. This Will Only Hurt a Little by Busy Phillips really, really spoke to me in a way that I did not expect it to. She and I, I feel like, dealt with a lot of similar uh, traumas in the earlier years. And that was so helpful to hear somebody articulate that and then reflect on it 20 years later and, you know, be this different person. So reading has been huge for me. Zadie Smith is also one of my favorite all-time authors. I went through a couple of years ago. I just, I got every single book of hers from the library and just read all of them. So whenever somebody <laughs> brings up, oh, I'm reading Zadie Smith. I'm like, which one? Which one are you reading? <laughs> what you page? About it? Yeah. Which page are you on? You want to talk about it? You want to talk about Zadie Smith? <laughs> um, so uh, reading has been really big for me. In terms of podcasts, I listen to lots of murder podcasts and lots of reality <laughs> television podcast so we really go it's like a very different yeah very different ends of the spectrum here where you know I'll put on my favorite murder and be like let's really get into this I'll put on last podcast on the left and be like let's get into it and then I'll put on will you accept this rose which is a bachelor comedy podcast and is probably my biggest saving grace of the pandemic for sure so like my past like year has been really focused in uh losing myself in reality tv (laughs) I feel like trash I feel yeah like I feel like the beauty of trash television is that you can feel like wow I'm really going through some stuff and then you watch trash television and you're like (laughs) I'm man the stuff that I'm going through is not that serious in retrospect like I'm coping so well yeah I'm like wow I wish these people the best it really about yourself it really That's that's how me and my producer bonded in the first place was a call over a a TV show. I like literally FaceTimed and I was like, I just watched Temptation. Yeah. So yes, my my host had reached out asking me for trash recommendations. And I was like, really happy (laughs) that I'm the person that you're turning to. Here's several. And then um, she and her sister watched Temptation Island. And she was like, I think my life has forever changed. And I was this like, is, yeah. absolutely. Truly, her curatorial, her curatorial prowess in this regard is unmatched, I would Thank say. Thank you so much. Oh like, um, I take a lot of pride in it. I would say Temptation Island is a really great example of if you're going through an issue in your relationship, don't do what this what show is about. <laughs> don't get anywhere near it. It's a like this. this is not the thing for you. So those have all been really important things for me. And I would also say, you know, I said it was my pickle earlier, but I have gotten into making puzzles. Um, mm-hmm. I love putting together some puzzles. Maybe sometimes they drive me insane, but we do have a few framed ones on the walls of like really cool ones that we finished. The we is my, is my boyfriend and me. I don't want to sound like I'm referring to myself as we. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So just kind of of like doing stuff with my hands has been mm. very yeah big theme um I also like to you know doodle and draw and stuff like that I think a- anything that I think can kind of like take you out of whatever you're currently stewing in and give you a little bit of perspective so whether that's reading or writing doing a puzzle 
drawing, um, listening to a murder comedy podcast. It's, you know, really helpful for me, at least to kind of take a break from what's going on in the brain and then put things in perspective. And then you revisit and you're like, wow, wasn't that serious? Whatever I was upset about. Totally. And our last question for you guys is where can people find you? And then also if they want to be guests, how can they get in touch with you? Thank you for asking. Okay, so (laughs) you can find this podcast wherever you find your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. If you listen on Spotify, leave a review on Apple anyways. Why not? Just hop into the app. We all have it on our iPhones. Um, And where you can tell me, that's the title. And if you want to contact us because you truly feel like you have tools to share about like how you've gotten over a breakup, you can email us at at you can tell me pod at gmail.com or through any of our various social media accounts that my producer so expertly curates. Yes, yeah, so those are also at you can tell me pod um, for both Instagram and Twitter. We're pretty active on both, always, you know, posting um, what we're working on. We post quotes every week from our episodes mm-hmm. as well as red flags, uh, breakup tips and survival strategies. Um, and then, you know, we love to share other people's stuff as well. So, you know, you can reach out to us there. You can follow us there, collab, collab with us. We love, we love to do some collabs. It's very fun. Yes. Awesome. You guys are amazing. Seriously. Your energy is unbelievable. I feel like people are going to get so much value from listening to everything that you share. And I think you're on to something really special. So we're excited to watch you guys continue to, to grow and reach more people. And we're excited that we get to to be in this thing together thanks y'all i love this absolutely so go everybody check out you can tell me on instagram subscribe to them on apple Podcasts. give them a listen thank you ladies so much for sharing all your research with us and just to reiterate i know it's valentine's day week and you just sat with four ladies two of us in relationships two of us not in relationships and i just want to say either one you are worthy you are beautiful you're amazing you're a 10 out of 10 and we love you here at roaring 20s podcast and you can tell me podcast so thank you ladies so much happy valentine's day happy Happy valentine's Valentine's day Day. Bye. bye thanks for listening to roaring 20s podcast be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe you're never alone our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.